Imagine what it'd be like if we were really curious about each other. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Relational Spirituality, the weekly podcast of LargerStory.com, the podcast that sees all relationships as spiritual and all spiritual formation as relational. Now, here's your host for this week, Kep Crab. Welcome, everybody. Thanks for joining us today for Larger Stories podcast, A Relational Spirituality. I am joined today by my mother, Rachel Crab, and my brother, Ken Crab. We're going to chat today about something, given that Christmas is just a few days away, we're going to chat about what it's like surviving Christmas. Some of us are alone during the holidays or during special times, and some of us have lost loved ones during the holidays and some of these other special times. And what's it like going through those as you prepare for these supposedly joyous times. My dad's been dead now for almost three years. This is our third this is our we are our third Christmas that we've not had with him. And that's obviously very a very open space that we really feel. But I just wanted to chat with you guys today and hopefully bring you some encouragement on what's going on as this Christmas season comes into play. We're just a few days away from Christmas and the cool thing is I'm expecting my first grandchild here tomorrow. Woo! So that does take away some of the sadness of missing dad a little bit. But mom, why don't you start us out a little bit? Let me just ask you, first of all, everyone always asks, how are you doing? I, I am I'm really doing great because he told me, and I, I read books and I get statements from him, so I'm more fortunate than most. And in the uh, grief share thing, there's a, they have uh, daily words that they send you and daily thoughts. And one of the thoughts that they did from grief share was, Sometimes the best remedy for grief is finding some way to touch somebody else's life, says Dr. Larry Crabb. Mm. At that point, I figured that he was telling me what I was supposed to do. And in my apartment buildings, this week I have two big gatherings that I'm involved in. And I really think that I'm just trying to touch other people's lives and make God look good in this whole mix because Larry told me to. And the first Christmas, I didn't spend with any family. I went down to my old neighborhood and had dinner with a few of the girls down there who were alone. And that was the first thing I did because I just wasn't ready to go into the tradition that we all have of being together and having blueberry pancakes on Christmas morning and all that. So I would, that's what I did. And so I'm really doing great. In fact, I was just back in Colorado last week. Yep. And and I did that for the first time since Larry died that I've been, I spoke at a a place, a church. And ah, it was just, it's really good. I, I, he's not coming back. And so I'm just reaching out like he told me to. He not being Jesus. Because Jesus is coming back. Jesus is coming back. And, and yes. we'll get a chance yes. to see dad again, too, which is really neat. That's uh, right. You mentioned something, mom, and, and just to piggyback on that a little bit, you really are doing well. We got a chance to see you last week when you were here for the week. And I think that the the first year, perhaps two, have been the most challenging. I don't know if it gets any easier other than it becomes more normal. At least that's what's happened with me, being that, that dad's gone. I don't think there's a time I don't think about him and still feel a heaviness but but i also am feeling more purposeful even since he's been since he's been gone in the sense of what are we doing now 
And dad really gave us the example of what it means to represent Jesus. You talk about putting Jesus on display, mom, to the people in your building and how you're just trying to make God look good. And Mm -hmm. one of the things that we talked a little bit about is grief really is the byproduct of love. We all have to add a ton. And the fact that we don't have him here with us, there's some grieving going on. And I think I just want to let you people know who are watching today too. Mom has a little blog that she puts out and it's called, what's it called? It's Becoming me, without Becoming me Without You. And it's just talking about what it means to lose your spouse. Mm-hmm. And we're thinking about putting together a little small group as well, just a maybe a support group, if that's what you want to call it, mm-hmm. of people who have lost spouses and just want to get with some other people who are in their same position and get a chance to encourage one, one, one another. That was funny because the other day I had a friend of mine who's 95 years old and he's a new widower in the last six eight months. And he called and he said, I just want to talk to you because you get it. Yeah. 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 You've experienced it. Yeah. You yeah. know what they're feeling. You get it. And he's, and we both were saying how we really feel badly. Some of the things that were not very helpful to people who are alone. And I yeah. think it was good because they're, I'm having all different widow widowers and then I'm having, I've expanded it some to people who have lost children on that blog, uh, children. And now we're going to go to people who have lost parents and yeah. we're going to do some of that and just intersperse them with the widow and widowers. But it's really funny because the first thing that uh, happened with the first blog we did, it was a letter from a friend of Larry's and mine. And he was just uh, saying that he was a widower for 16 years at that point. And he said, and Jeannie right away said, she's the co-editor of the blog. She said, he gets it. And that was the first we really understood that it, it is different. It's different. But losing anyone is still grief is the price of love. Yeah. How have you found it? How, how have you been encouraged by people? when they've come to you and tried to tried to encourage you, sometimes I know that's not effective <laughs> and sometimes it is. What has been the most important thing since dad's been gone that people have done to, to really encourage you, something that actually touched you uh, in a way that was really special? Yeah, I think if, of course, I'm living in a situation where people did not know Larry personally. And so whenever I get with friends, it's so nice. I've had some friends from Colorado move in close to me they it's not an elephant in the room we they we talk about larry we do things like that and it's just been very nice when people say oh i don't know what to say so i'm not going to say anything and so the people who knew you well who did know dad <laughs> you had a yeah, fair number of I, those as well yes there are and that's been interesting um because sometimes they didn't want to bring him up in front of me, even the ones who knew him. So maybe I'd have to say something. Uh, Jeannie and I have discussed that a lot, the co-editor. Uh, we've discussed a lot that uh, it's just hard when he's been forgotten. But I just read a quote from the guy who was the editor of Mad Magazine. So it's going to be quite a quote. <laughs> but it said, a person always dies more than once in that he dies the last time they say his name at the funeral. But then he dies again whenever you bring up that thought of him and, and say his name. 
So I think it's it does bring back grief in some ways to hear his name. And I get the surprise of Larry, people saying, okay, last Sunday I was in a church in Colorado where I didn't know the speaker and he was a missionary who was a native of another country. And the woman said to me, did you ever hear Dr. Larry Crabb? And he said, Dr. Larry Crabb, yes. And he, she said to him, this is his widow. This is, that was her late husband. He actually bowed down and kissed my hand. Oh, that yeah. was sort of emotional. Yeah. Because Ken, what about said, you, bro? What if some people that have talked to you about just trying to encourage you? We were obviously there when dad had passed. And yeah. so we got a chance to experience some of that with some of your people there. But what has been something that made it made a difference to you? Sounds like with mom, it was more of not saying anything. No, it, it was also not saying anything. But I do want to say when they brought him up, it was very good. And now I like on the blind side of people bringing him up that didn't know him personally. What about you, bro? Yeah, so just a week ago, one thing, the first Christmas, so this will be our third Christmas, as we said earlier. And dad sang Elvis and Bing Crosby Christmas songs all the time. It was a weird thing. I, I would switch the channel anytime Elvis came on. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I just couldn't listen to an Elvis Christmas song. And I was curious about this with you, mom, because it was just a week or two ago that I heard Santa bring my baby back to me by Elvis. And I sung it at the top of my lungs and had a blast. And I was smiling, yep. not crying. And so that was the first time, eh, maybe not the first time, but it was one of the first, it was the first time for Christmas where I had a grief memory that turned into joy. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. That was awesome. And, and I'm just very happy about it. I'm not going to go ahead and be sad about it because it was so fantastic. And, and, and that was, that was the first time that had happened for Christmas with me, but I was wondering if that's happened, if you've had a memory that is Obviously, it's painful because he's not here, but it's also awesome that he was. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You get to smile every once in a while, and I've had enough. I do Christmas music all day, and and it, it's been interesting. I try to avoid the ones I have that are that happen to be Elvis or Bing Crosby. I haven't played a Bing Crosby yet, but not White Christmas in the last three Christmases. You know, oh, oh, not. I'm sure I've heard it but I haven't done it personally. Okay. But uh, Ken and I have talked about this because I eat dinner at Ken's house every day. So we we talk about this. And I think I'm getting to smile about certain things that just are really nice memories. I have his stocking still hanging at my house in my apartment. And I'm sure when people come in this week for the party, they're going to say, what do you have two for? But I just had to put his crab stocking up. What were some of our crab family and and not your family, Ken, or my family, but our family with Pop? What was what were some of those traditions that we had? Ken and I talked about one the other day, which was really fun because we were talking about when do when should kids not believe in Santa Claus? And Ken's lo Ken loves the line of Santa Claus is fun, but Jesus is real. Right. Which obviously, if you dive into that, you realize Santa Claus isn't real necessarily in terms of right. that. Like, um, There's a contrast. Yeah. And some of the, I, I remember this very distinctly, and Kenny does as well, is dad gave us 10 words like propitiation, sanctification, justification, all of those words. And when we could define all of those words, we then went to a toy store. This was right before Christmas. Yeah. And picked out 
a few toys that we were going to get that Christmas. So we were very aware early that that you and dad were Santa Claus. Because then we picked that those toys off the shelf and that's that Christmas morning, that's what we opened up. And I got so a long like, ranger doll. Yeah. It was yeah, all the different things we had, bicycles even and all that stuff. I remember that yellow scrambler motocross bike I got years ago. It was so fun. But what were some other Christmas traditions that we had that you guys can remember in respect to dad? I remember dad too carrying around that one camera that had a light on it the size of a book and got all those old eight millimeter videos and us running around and and I just remember all that very distinctly. Christmas was one of our favorite times, but this is not just about Christmas because towards the later on when Kimmy and I were were married and had kids, we actually didn't spend many Christmases with you guys, mom. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, my thing was spend Thanksgiving with us. Yes, that was it. Spend Thanksgiving making your own traditions and it could be gone to the other family's side or whatever, but give us Thanksgiving. Yeah, but this applies to all the holidays. Anything you're doing, whether it's Christmas or Thanksgiving or Easter or whatever it may be, you miss those people that that were there that you love. And so with our, I know you and dad had a pretty interesting Christmas tradition where you would go to a church that you'd never been to. Christmas Eve. Sitting on the Christmas Eve service there. And you usually spent Christmas Eve, just the two of you. That's right. We always went out to dinner after we went to a church service. And that's when we had a mount lived in the mountains and we would go different. We didn't go to the same church service and we would go out to dinner. Then the next morning we would go to breakfast and we didn't have you kids. We would have strangers. Yeah. We would have people we picked up in the uh, area where we were living and they would come for dinner. What are some traditions, Ken, that you think of when you think of dad and Christmas and some of that stuff? I think of uh, the Ben Crosby album, Christmas album that played nonstop in our house from December 1st through the 25th, usually about New Year's probably. I think of ornaments. There are certain ornaments. I still have my sled. I've got mine too. (laughs) I think mom hung it up on the tree actually. Yeah. Yeah. Mine's top center. You know, uh, mine's very bottom for some reason. I asked I asked mom, did Ken sneak in and put my my, my, my sled on the bottom? As you guys no, used no, to change no, those no, around. No. I wouldn't we wouldn't just put it on the bottom. We'd It'd put be it inside in the inside tree by the trunk. <laughs> you would change each other's ornament. And I wasn't the mother who gave you each a different ornament, but this year I had a good time cleaning out my ornaments and giving you the clothespin soldiers, each of you, a Mm -hmm. soldier that we had. Yeah. And then you told me what you remember about that Christmas. When Pop ate breakfast out 364 days a year, Uh (laughs) but not on Christmas morning, he made blueberry pancakes. He always did. And I do the same thing and we'll do it again this Christmas as well. I love that. I've I've only switched because for my younger two, we do, I do blueberry pancakes and then I flip it out and do chocolate chip pancakes. Oh, ooh. Yeah, I would not fly in my house with my wife, although she's not a pancake eater anyway. She'll do blueberries over chocolate chip. Yeah. But yeah, I think of that. I think of watching all the Christmas specials. I'm still a Christmas special junkie. Me too. My kids give me a hard time. We're going down to the basement last night going anything but a Christmas movie, dad. Anything but a Christmas. We've done 17 so far. Great. Something else. And we ended up watching Gremlins, which is actually a Christmas movie. Yeah, exactly. I'd never believe that. And but if got- you said something, Ken, that really caught my ear that I think was really cool, because I'm starting to experience the same thing. There were certain things, obviously, a few years ago that I had very a lot of difficulty in hearing or seeing, just things that would remind us of dad that were 
that created me to grieve made me think of that. But now those same things are creating some joy in me in the sense of mm-hmm. here's the guy who we had as a father, as an example of what it means to put Jesus on display. And it's interesting because I asked you guys what encourages you. What's encouraging to me today, and I, I have the fortunate piece of this being in larger story and talking with a ton of people, but they talk about stories of dad all the yeah. time. Uh, my small group, there's there, for the last year, I don't think we've ever met once that we didn't mention dad. And and just stories, little things that he would say in passing that people would just grab onto. And some of those things were absolutely life-changing. And that's encouraging to me now to realize what my father did while he was here to represent Jesus. And it's, all, it's also a challenge in that how can we be like that? What I love mm-hmm. to say, and Ken and I were talking about this the other day, is Dad had the same Holy Spirit in him that we have in us. Mm-hmm. And, right. and the, the the biggest issue with dad is, aside from being bright and, and disciplined, he was inviting. He invited the Spirit to lead him. He used to say, follow the rhythm of the Spirit and then tag along with that. Mm-hmm. How do you tag along with the rhythm of the Spirit? And that's what dad did so well. And I think that the encouraging piece for me now as we go into this Christmas season is knowing that he's with Jesus. And that <laughs> he's experiencing love in a way that he never has before he, he went home. And that just to me, I love to say he no longer lives with faith and he no longer lives with hope. Right. But he sure lives with a lot of love because he's in the presence of Jesus. And that's encouraging to me. It's encouraging to me. I, I don't know how people get through when they know that someone who has passed didn't know the Lord. I don't think it's possible. I, yeah. What I was going to say is having joy and Santa bring my baby. If I did not think we would be together again, there would be no joy in that. It's no. a, without the cross, there's no joy in anything. <laughs> That's it. I heard something the other day that caught my ear from you, uh, that, that reminded me of you, mom, but the center of the gospel, this is what I heard, and you can agree with it or disagree with it, but I think I agree with it. The center of the gospel is hospitality, <laughs> inviting people in. Mm-hmm. And and so I just made I just thought of you with the personal touch and some of that kind of stuff. But yeah, well, thank you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, but I just love having people. I do love having people around me. So that makes it easier because I really think it was part of my gifting. If that whatever you sure. say, whatever you call it, absolutely, absolutely gifting. That, sure, uh, you kids were rarely in a house without other adults. I remember I had some. Oh phenomenal authors sitting around our tables with you all. And I, I think it's interesting. What I love do. chatting with those authors. And it's funny now, cause I call most of them up and say, Hey, can I do a podcast with you? <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, Oh, cap, sure. Let's do one of those. That sounds great. So that's fun. Yeah. yeah that's nice. That's it nice. is. It's, it's really, I'm just wondering how can we encourage people who are struggling right now? Because this is oftentimes, like I said earlier, it's a really challenging time of the year for a lot of different people. Even people who are with family can really struggle some with right. some depression and, and that kind of thing. So what are some words that you guys would say to encourage some of these people as they move into this? And maybe some of the people like you talked about, mom, who have just recently lost a loved one, which makes it a little bit more it's challenging. Funny. What's occurring to me is there's without Christmas, without God sending his son, there's no hope in anything. And so we're all looking for solutions and there's only one fix and that's representative of Christmas. And, and there's so many 
broken relationships. I think one of the things that mom and I talked about last night at dinner that I was able to have joy and something as simple as Santa bring my baby back because that was not a broken relationship. It was, never was a broken relationship. And you think about those broken relationships, think about everything going on in the world today and the grief and the sadness and forget all the wars and everything else. The only solution is Jesus Christ. Hmm. That it, it's, there's no other fix and he doesn't fix it maybe the way we want, but uh, that's it. That's the only solution. It's where else oh. shall I go? What am I in John 6, 68? You have the words of eternal life. I've got nowhere else to turn. And the world keeps turning to every other option. Yep. And it just keeps coming up short. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. I, I don't know how, bro, people do holiday grief without Jesus. I have no clue. Uh, I don't either. To, to another woman the other day, um, the other night. And I, I, she just is devastated. And her husband's been gone longer than mine. And it, it was interesting because she doesn't have that foundation of knowing Jesus. I don't, I don't have really words of comfort for that. And even people who do know Jesus who are in that miserable situation, my whole thing is exactly what Pop told me to do. Sometimes the best thing is to reach out to others. Yeah. And that's all if, I can say. You get can't, back, pour into. That's right. You can't call your, I, my favorite book of all time was by Marion Leach Jacobson and it was Crowded Pews and Lonely People. Hmm. What a great title. Crowded Pews and Lonely People. And I thought, I don't like going to, to church on Sunday mornings without Dave and Linda. Mm. It, it's, uh, you want to worship with people. And I can't imagine what it's like going without someone there in the church. And that's why way back in Boca Raton days, I used to look for anyone who sneaked in the back door, sat back there and left early. And I don't you remember if you remember that. I remember it. Yeah. I used to get, I would see her come in and sit in the back corner and I would get back there. And then I started getting notes from her where she signed her name about that big. Hmm. She put her name. So I finally got her name, but I would go back and talk with her every Sunday. And I like looking for those kind of people. And, and, and I'll invite, by the way, even in my apartment building, I am. I went, I do all kinds of things with people that I wouldn't normally do. I'm not normally one to go to the NASCAR racetrack and watch the Christmas. <laughs> it's not one of my things, but because someone said, hey, you seem like a person that would go to, to do that. And I said, let's go. And I drove. <laughs> you know? you're, you're a community builder, mom. And that's what's what we talked about when you were here is is where you go, community will follow because that's who you are. And that allows you then to have a place to really pour into people and have them pour into you, which is such a two-way street, which I yeah, think it, is really the answer in a lot it, of ways to so dealing with exciting. this kind of group. Yeah. It, thank you. It's so exciting to have, I actually told some gals where I was doing a Bible study, I said, my ministry's my apartment building. Yeah. I can't lead this Bible study with you anymore. And I really feel that's a burden because these people, I could be the only roadblock between them and hell. And oof. Yeah. 
that's yeah. a burden. <laughs> and I think it's a good lesson for us all to hear is that where you are, irrespective of where it is, it's that's where your ministry yeah. is. That's where your opportunities lie. The people that you run across, the, the people that you interact with, that's where you are. Mm-hmm. And, and that gives you an opportunity to to put Jesus on display to the the people that you come across, mm-hmm. um, whether it's a bank teller or a person at the grocery store or somebody at the gym. You just you, you can you have the, that opportunity, and I think to embrace that opportunity is really important. And it sounds like it's been a really key element to you moving through some of these deeper grief times. Oh, definitely, definitely, definitely. It. I still go back to what he told me to do. Yeah. Reach out to us. Otherwise, you can spiral. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, It's such a great example. And I know that during this time of year, we we miss dad. And I don't think it's any enhanced at all because it's Christmas. That doesn't enhance my missing of dad. But you just realize it. I think what what I realize now is as Casey's getting ready to be born, we have the new coming in. We have a new member of the Crab family coming in. Mm -hmm. And uh, and he's never gotten to know his pop, but he will get to know him. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because he will hear about him from all of us. So that's really important. But I like what your son-in-law said when you ask him at our 54th, who gives a 54th wedding anniversary party. But at the 54th wedding anniversary. after 50 is worthy of a party. Yeah. Yeah. And he passed away before he got to 55. That's just uh, stunning to me. That was fantastic. And that was in COVID. And we still were allowed into a place. But the thing that got me was, Justin, when he was, you said, Justin, why don't you said Preston first, but Justin start, he said, I'll share or something. And he said, I really have only been with Pop and Nana two times or a couple times. But he said, I have to assume because I lived with Kep's family during COVID a lot. He said, I, and I met this godly woman. I just love that. He said, I had to assume it came from some legacy of the grandparents yeah, and that he said, I saw, I lived with it. And so I thought that was pretty neat. That was something that really touched me. Pop was still there, yep. but I still go back to that to say it's important to make God look good. Family's always been very important to us. And it's one of our most important things, certainly. And it's growing. Our family's growing, even though we lost Pop, but mm-hmm. continues to grow and we continue to lean on dad's example of what it meant to be a Jesus follower. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. just such an incredible example to have. And I hope that all you t- today that are watching, by the time you see this, Christmas will have gone by and you'll see this the day after Christmas. Uh, we hope you had a good Christmas and one that you can enjoy and enjoy the birth of Jesus who gives us hope because hope is everything for us right it's now. It's yet to come. It's yet to come. The hope of heaven and that only happens through Jesus. Yeah. And and so that's how we live. That's mm-hmm. what we do. And it's just exciting to get a chance to chat with you guys. And we'll miss you guys for Christmas this year. We have Jake coming in, but I'm sure we'll chat. And we then will probably shortly after Christmas, depending upon when Casey's born, head out there and get a chance to spend some time with him. We're trying to stay healthy. We all have right. a little bit of head colds now. Kimmy caught a little head cold the other day, and I've got it, but never seems to impact me quite as badly. But we're, we're excited. We're excited for what the Lord has in store because I really feel that something's happening. God's doing something in my life. And I think a lot of that was very much due to dad and even dad's passing has impacted me in that way. Mm -hmm. Sure. 
allowing me to to feel even more of a sense of urgency for my own life to represent Jesus and bring make my earthly father and heavenly father proud. <laughs> yeah, we're living, and that's that's something that we can all aspire to. That's, that's right. For sure. Yeah, that's right. We well, sure appreciate y'all joining us today. Mom, anything else you want to say as you get ready to wrap up? I know these people would love to hear from you. They always do. They they ask all the time how you're doing. And I always tell them, I think she's doing remarkably well. Yes. And that's it. I, You don't have a choice. He's not coming back through that door. But you do have a choice on how you handle it. You can have a choice on how you handle it. And you can do, you can handle it very poorly, whatever that means, or you can handle it differently too, in a way that you've said makes God look good. That's and right. the and the, the byproduct of having such a deep love for dad that we all had and have, <laughs> love doesn't end for that man, no. uh, is, is sadness and grief because he's no longer here. But what a privilege to have had him in our lives to be that example now that we have the opportunity to give and, and, and push on. We're doing a conference at the end of January 26th and 27th in Jackson, Tennessee, and you'll be seeing some promotional materials on that, folks. But really the whole notion and the whole premise of the conference is as you're being poured into by people, how do you take what you're given and then give that to others? And so you're the middleman, essentially. You're getting ministered to and you're ministering to. And that's, I think, how discipleship is supposed to work. And, so. um, and that's what we're going to be talking about in January. So be looking for that. Ken, anything else you want to say as we wrap up here? Merry Christmas. It's excellent. New Year. And a happy new year. Absolutely, Mom. Merry Christmas and a happy new year. Absolutely. Right. Folks, thanks for joining us. Have a great Christmas and have a great 2024 as we all try to put Jesus on display and make God look good. Thanks for joining us today. The only thing I really wanted to add was Holiday and still the better movie than White Christmas. If you like what you heard today, hit the like button just below. Then come back by subscribing to our podcast channel. For more resources on relational spirituality, go to our website at largerstory.com.